welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Uh, my guest today's last album blew me away. Uh, it was one of my favorite records that came out in 2020. Um, he's a classical, psychedelic, folk pop singer-songwriter. Um, his album Need Disease came out in November. Uh, he got a uh, feature on Adult Swim for his video Trust Wormy, the second track on that record. Um, he's a musician and animator as well. And I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Thank you, Kyle Kanowski, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, uh, as all right as one can be doing right at this second. You know, I mean, like, things are harder than they would have been if not for the virus and, you know, no shows and no friends i mean right. no, it's new friends and people you know i mean like yeah but generally all right i don't want to be a bummer yeah yeah no, i i feel that i'm i'm in a similar place as well um what, what did you do today so far i um did some chores and then i i've been so i have my drum set right behind me i've been trying to figure out because it's been two years really since I was deep into recording music because I recorded the album Need Disease from 2016 to 2018. And then I uh, was working on Trust Wormy, the animation from 2018 till 2020. And so I'm trying to get back into some sort of workflow with recording music because I'm starting a new album and um, just figuring out how, how to do it. It's hard to record music alone because uh, even just not having someone to press the record button can be, you know, it's a lot of work. So I have my computer right in front of me and then my drum set is right here so that I can just swivel around and play it. Yeah, right. Your little office, sort of. Yeah, yeah, a little home studio. It's coming back. Great, great. Um, so Kyle, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, <clears throat> passion and creativity. And so first time I actually ever heard of you was from uh, Banana Fish. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, I saw them at FemFest two years ago now. Um, but they had mentioned that they had worked with you a little bit. Um, and I was like, and they were like, Kyle Kanowski, definitely check him out. Like, he's, he's awesome. I was like, okay, I'll keep an eye out for him. And then you came up with this new album uh this past year and uh, yeah I, I was saying a little bit before we started recording that you know I still listen to it all the time like Peter is still one of my favorites um, oh I that track was I was not I was never quite satisfied with it I was always worried about the first track of an album because that's the one people are probably going to listen to the most in terms of just like an album playthrough and um, I'm happy with it now, but it was it was so hard to get it to feel like it was a it was an appropriate opening to an album. So I'm yeah. glad you like. I did a lot, and it's kind of ironic that it's the opening track because I like to think of it if like it, it feels like an ending credit song to me. Um, mm -hmm. It feels like uh, something I would like want to be like walking out into like the sunset with like 
this sense of triumph or something like it's a very like you know empowering and invigorating song um but yeah, yeah uh, it took a long time to do peter um in 2016 when i started the album i wrote down just on a paper like little just like the album the track listing and then and then um just little like notes that just said something like like next to peter i just wrote stravinsky horns and uh i just knew that i would wanted to use samples of classical music for it or uh try to i would love to like work with an orchestra that would be awesome but it's like that's hard to pull off so instead i just like sample things sometimes and um yeah it was it was hard to get that track to feel right and um it had to be like bright and energetic and and yeah like triumphant was that was the word that i that i was you know aiming at i was trying to like make it sound like that so i'm glad you like it i'm glad oh yeah definitely yeah uh well uh i'm glad you spent so much time on it um it paid off um and I'm, we'll talk more about knee disease itself uh in a bit the first um so taking it back a little bit so kyle are you from milwaukee no i'm from oshkosh okay. so not too far away but i moved here in 2013 Ben River. Sure. What brought you down here? Um, it was some combination of like it was um close enough to home and uh and also a city, which I wanted to I wanted to try out a city. And then um my girlfriend's parents lived close by and she was still in school at the time. So so it was like a compromise on on like a couple fronts. Uh, I had some friends here too. Cool. Great. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I guess um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like your background and kind of upbringing and uh, sort of the, the, the role that music has played in your life growing up. Like uh, how did it become a creative outlet for yourself? That sort of thing. Um, I took piano lessons when I was, my mom made me take piano lessons in like fourth and fifth grade. I didn't like it, um, although I was not terrible at it. Uh, and then I took, because you had to do either choir or band at my middle school, I did, uh, I played tenor sax for, for middle school and also didn't really care about that either. Really the, the reason I sort of got into music in a serious way was a friend was learning to play guitar, his name was Nick, and he, um, he would have his guitar around and I would pick it up and like pluck, pluck around on it, not knowing what I was doing. And he at one point told me that I didn't have the coordination to play guitar. And uh, the spite fueled my suit yeah. of learning the guitar. And I figured, you know, I mean, like once I started, I was like, I'm pretty good at like, uh, I'm, I'm learning fast and I'm enjoying it a lot. And, um, that's kind of that's kind of how it started. Um, I think the reason I stuck with guitar and didn't stick with any of the other stuff was because I wasn't taking lessons for guitar. And I've, uh, everything I've ever taken lessons for, I quit. 
because I because I eventually I was in jazz band in high school playing guitar and I quit that and then I went to UW, uh, UWO um, for music composition for like three semesters and also dropped out there. I just don't like taking lessons for things. I'd rather be self-taught. Yeah, yeah. It's more rewarding for you to like build that self-discipline rather than like you're doing this for a grade, you know? Do you play music? I don't. Um, in middle school, I was in band too. Um, I played clarinet and also tenor sax for jazz band. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I quit after middle school. My parents were not pleased, um, because playing, getting an instrument and spending money on lessons, you know, it's not cheap. Uh, so they were kind of like, well, if you ever want to play music again, then you're on your own. Like we already like, you know, gave you the chance. Right. So no, I, I don't play anything now. Um, I'm just a music journalist, uh, just I'm a something that it's just something that uh, I just uh, take a lot of meaning from, and it feels like you know when a lot of the world doesn't make sense, like music's always there to help make sense of things. Went to college for UWM for journalism and graduated three years ago now. So uh, I'm kind of going the DIY route with trying to do music journalism, and it's not like it's kind of like a uh, slow burn in terms of like, you know, making this like your gig, but you know, it's I'd rather the podcast. Two years. Two years. Wow. I mean, like, and you're like almost at 600 episodes. So you're putting in the work. It's fun. It's uh, I love just hearing what people are about and what goes into what they do and how they make sense of things. Um, mm -hmm. Considering you're like, your sound is so like eclectic and unique. I'm kind of interested in sort of like what you grew up listening to and just what some of your influences are. Um, a lot of the Beatles. When I when I started playing guitar, uh, Led Zeppelin was big just because I admired especially the guitar lines uh, in their music. Um, it took a while before I like even found like the indie scene. Um, it wasn't until like 2008 that I even knew that there was music coming like current music coming out that was not sort of like radio music uh, which I didn't like so it was I was kind of like one of those like I wish I grew up in the 70s people yeah. just because that was like all the all the music that I sort of admired was uh, at that time was stuff that had come out back then um, but then um, the Fleet Foxes came out and I sort of like Somebody recommended them to, to me and uh, really, really liked um, their first album. And then started getting into like Animal Collective, Grizzly Bear, Joanna Newsome, Dirty Projectors. Hmm. Um, and I've always liked classical music too. Fleet Foxes were like my first indie band, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. I heard them on the radio and it was like, Oh man, gotta go to LimeWire and <laughs> download all their songs. Uh, I'm a huge Animal Collective fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah. What's your favorite Animal Collective record? I think if I had, 
if I had to like whittle it down, I would probably pick Sung Tongs and Merryweather and Strawberry Jam. Yeah. yeah. It'd be more than that. <laughs> it's it's hard to pick. Um Strawberry Jam is my favorite. Um but Feels has grown on me a lot. Um it was still super cool to see them play Sung Tongs all the way through. Um, Chicago show. Yeah, you were you were there. Yep, I was there too. Nice, nice. Small, Small world. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, what? Tell me about how you got into animating. I um. There was a there's a project called Themes Without Variations up on YouTube, and um, I remember uh being in a bar with some friends in like 2011 and um some maybe like dubstep or something came uh over the speakers and they were deriding it and it felt to me like they were they were like simply shitting on um like electronic instrumentation uh in general so we started having conversation about like you know what you know if you could use that medium to to make something what would you what would you do with it so i started so i started uh writing this sort of like classical composition it's kind of like um it's kind of like the music from tetris where it's like tchaikovsky music but you know digitized and so i started making this like big 25 minute um uh composition all in midi and when i was done with that i dropped it into this sort of like midi visualizer where the notes would scroll by and light up um as as they were being played and then it was just like a black background for that for that program and i thought um it would be cool if there were just like some colors behind behind the notes that emphasized the sort of the tone of the music my visual stuff just just manipulating colors in the background for a while but eventually it, i got so deep into trying to make it visually interesting that i realized there were there were certain sections that i would have to actually animate and there's this um animation that i that i really like on online called um the music scene it's a song by blockhead and uh, and the guy Anthony Shepard um, animated it, and he he's like he's amazing. If you've never seen the music scene, you should everyone should definitely watch it because that the animation is just so good. But it's also done in this like very sketchy style. Um, and I thought like even though I'm not a great drawer, if you can if you can animate uh, with out having to like worry about like the cleanliness of the line um then i could probably at least like make something and so i started started doing that for themes without variations and uh it it really grew on me um i love animation uh and i also thought it would just be like kind of like a nice little side uh side gig to have on top of the music so i could make music videos like trust for me as it turns out it, it's like uh it takes an enormous amount of time to do anything in animation so yep. 
maybe it was a mistake to try to juggle two two things at once, but I like them both. So yeah, yeah, it's cool to put them in tandem with one another, um, especially when like visual imagination and like the pictures that you paint in your mind, like that come with the textures and the the sonic. Uh, just like the, the sonic palette, the soundscapes, if you will. Like if if you closely relate the two, it's really cool to like actually interact with the music with pictures um, because of its in intricacy and the intention that goes behind it. It's, I could see it being very uh, delicate and time consuming and fragile. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, it's, it is fun to, to craft, but, but yeah, it is an enormous amount of, of time to like make anything, especially depending on how many like frames a second you're doing and how many, how many layers of animation go into a shot. Um, that said, I'm, I'm happy I started doing it because, because, you know, I mean, like I wouldn't have been, you know, wouldn't have gotten anything on Adult Swim if I hadn't you know, like pursued it. Yeah. way I get better though, faster. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're always students, what mm -hmm. we do. Um, so pre-COVID, how did you like kind of infiltrate the Milwaukee music scene? I guess it, Bremen Cafe was close by to where I lived and uh, there was an open mic there and I just started playing that. Um, I actually hosted the Bremen mic open uh, the Bremen open mic for, for like a year, um, maybe in 2016 to 2017. Um, that's mostly where I've played. I, and, and, you know, I, I mean, you start to like, you just start playing open mics and then you start to like meet people. Like I met, you know, um, Michael Gerlach and Diamato and Kaylee Conway and Amanda Huff and, and just sort of like started making connections with, with people and trying to trying to play shows. Um, I've not been very aggressive about playing shows for, for years now because um, it takes a lot of time just to like prep for a show. I want, I want them all to be like slightly different. And my process is to like sort of make a, make a set list two weeks ahead of time and then just like play that set list start to finish like twice a day up until the show to try to try to foolproof uh, or like, you know, safeguard against the possibility of bombing. Um, and so I, I figured I, it's not that worth it in a way to, to go out and play shows, at least for me, it wasn't um, to go out and play shows if I didn't have an album to give people at the end of it, because maybe somebody loves your music but if you don't give them something to sort of take home and develop a, a like deeper relationship with over over a longer period of time um it's likely they'll just like forget and so i i knew i needed to like make an album that i was really really um pr proud enough of to actually like sell to people and so i started that and then i also wanted to like make the animation so I basically stopped playing shows um, in 2017, just so that I could like focus 
all of my creative time and energy on these projects that would eventually be um, something I could I could give people after a show. Um, and unfortunately, the year that I was actually going to release everything was the year that everything shut down. I wouldn't say that I'm actually that deep in in the music scene yet because because I've been so shut in. But I do like know um, know a lot of people, and and when this is all over, uh, I mean the plan was and still is to just like try to play shows with as many different bands as possible when when we're capable of doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I really look forward to that, to getting to actually see you bring some of these songs to life uh, in person. Um, so, yeah, I, I know that's uh, it's some difficult ter territory to navigate more so now than ever. Um, the record, uh, the new record. So um, we'll start with the title. Uh, where does the name Need Disease come from? What, what made you decide on that? The last track is called Needle Deeds, um, The Deeds of a Needle. And uh, and I guess I just liked how that. I mean, I figured I figured I would I would make the album title sort of like obliquely referencing that track because it does sort of um, make explicit a lot of the themes of the album. It's kind of about you know the despair that's uh, that people that I know have gone through and I wanted to make an album that sort of like um, acknowledged acknowledged the reality of that and how sort of like sad life can be sometimes. Because um, I, I needed a theme for, for the album. I, I wanted to make like a conceptual piece. And so, so like finding a way to sort of like say, say that, to sort of reference that theme without making it like too obvious. I, I, I try my hardest to make my album titles or my, the titles of like albums and songs and stuff, not super obvious. Like I normally don't have even have like, Oftentimes, the uh, uh, song title will be like the first couple words of a chorus or something that something that gets reiterated a lot throughout the song. And I always try to avoid that, not for any good reason, but just because I think it, you know, might, might as well make the title a little work of art itself too. And um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why I called it Need Disease. Sure, I respect that a lot. I mean, a lot of your song titles there have some. Uh... Some colorful nomenclature. Um, trustworthy. Um, so this was like the big song with the with the video. Um, tell me kind of like what your whole concept was behind this song. Um, at the time I was thinking a lot about, I mean, like I tried to write lyrics um, in, in different ways every time I I don't, I don't necessarily have just like one way to, to write lyrics. And I thought it would be interesting to have a song that was um, basically like just, just like the, a, a sentence fragment that people could sort of, it was, it's abstract enough where anybody can listen to it and sort of 
project themselves into the ambiguity of the song. I mean, the only lyrics are, you're a liar, no wonder. And um, I guess it just seemed like a sad phrase. And I knew that there weren't going to be very many lyrics in that song when I started it, just because of the nature of the, the melody that I had. And, um, and then Trust Wormy, I, uh, like given that sort of, um, it has the theme of deception in the, in the uh, lyrics, I figured, you know, um, turning the word trustworthy into something like a little bit like su suggestive of, of, of that deception, you know, worms I feel like are oftentimes associated with like liars like that guy's a worm that fishing is a worm <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so that's that's kind of where it comes from I mean like I, I try I both try hard to like think of something sort of like not obvious but also try really hard not to overthink it like once something comes to me and I'm like that sort of works then I'm like I'm going with it <laughs> yeah Sure, I like that. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it adds up. It makes sense. Um, I also wanted to specifically ask you about the uh, the song that's over eight minutes long, Avalanche. Uh, love to hear about this one. Avalanche was um, what, as I said before, I I had started the album and I just wrote down like the track listing. I knew it was like. Peter into Trust Wormy, into Straight Shooter, et cetera. But I had two spots, track six and track eight, that uh, I didn't have any song written already that I like played live. And I knew I was just going to like sort of fill in those gaps with a pure studio project. And, um, and yeah, I think I just wrote down like uh, track eight, um, some, I wrote something like try to tie all the lyrics of the entire album together and, and make it very sad and that's basically all I wrote um, and then the uh, you know the it might sound kind of cliche but um, it doesn't happen very often that you dream and and like us there's a song that you remember when you wake up in the dream but yeah i had a, i had a dream where i was like in the back seat of a car and somebody was like pulling into a darkly lit parking lot and then they turned around and looked at me after they stopped and and then we started singing the song together um and i just thought it was like a, a nice melody it's a simple melody but um, I thought it would be interesting to sort of use that, use that melody and try to find as many different ways to um, augment it while, while also trying to um, uh, transpose the, the, the key um, like many times in between several verses. Um, and then I just started writing, I, I mean, it was actually similar to Trust For Me where I was just writing down like, um, 
spoken sentence fragments, like something you would you might say to somebody that was just like, um, sort of like orbiting around this theme without without uh, putting it into explicit of terms. That song probably took me like four or five months to record because it was. Um, in a process of trial and error where I would like, you know, start start with the first verse and then and then moving into the second verse, I would like try out a different sort of like arrangement, vocal arrangement and using different sounds and, and stuff. But also, I, I guess I, I also knew that there was going to be, I was going to sort of like try to make rhythms with just um, like sound clips. And so a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the meter is like punctuated by by uh, you know like field recordings and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's about all I could really say about the song. It, it's uh, it's a really sad song, and I was really sad when I was writing it. And I think actually because I was aiming at the beacon of making a song that was just like filled with despair, that actually working on it um, negatively affected my state of mind while I was working on it. Because like, like immersing yourself in, in a negative emotion that you're trying to articulate to people did end up sort of like bleeding into my own sort of like mental health, I suppose. I, I get that I've been there too um where yeah like it's like a, you know when something reminds you like a painful memory and you're you start dissecting that and it, it just sort of like um shrouds your current like state of being with all this like kind of negative or despondent energy like you're like seeping in a bad mood yeah oh yeah yeah, that'll, it's the worst that I'm like walking home, like I'm on a walk somewhere because like I go on a lot of walks and the worst is like when I'm enjoying my walk and then I think of something that pisses me off and then next thing I know I'm like angry for the rest of the walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you sharing all that about the song. Um, so in terms of the recording process, so I know it took you like over two years record it um to finish that so was it all like kind of done in this room you're in right now no i didn't live here i lived um i lived actually a block north right across from the uh river west co-op hmm. when i started the album and then i moved over to wheel street for a few years and that's where i finished the album um and then started trust for me um yeah, it was a long process. Um, now I feel um, more comfortable like producing music and recording it. Uh, I started I started recording stuff myself in um, probably 2011 um, because um, I mean like paying for somebody else to record your music is complicated. It, 
for a number of reasons. It, one, it's like a full-on collaboration with this person that maybe you don't know, like to like find a producer. And then also it's <clears throat> very expensive. And um, maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm bad at collaborating, but um, I find it, I find it hard to, to sort of like, to, well, it, it really depends, but sometimes it's very hard to sort of um, convey to other people what it is you're going for. And then it's hard for them to interpret the words that you're using to try to convey it. So, so I really wanted to just like start recording and just try to get good at that. And that is a entirely new and, and separate um, craft from like songwriting and performing, which I had already been doing for like, you know, probably six years at the time that I started recording. And I had sort of a, a shitty broken interface and like, not very good microphones and basically zero knowledge about how to do it. But then just over time, you know, um, trying to figure out how the process works. Now, now I feel very like comfortable about, about recording myself, but it was a long process to like, basically the last, my entire twenties was sort of focused on how do I turn my songwriting, which is analog, um and actually turn it into an mp3 file where i can actually like share it with people and and like compose music in the studio because obviously um there there's a lot of layering in the in the songs mm -hmm. and um that's why i'm curious like because it's the layers are also enchanting um I felt like I was walking through a forest. Like, Good. Yeah. I wanted it. Yeah, I wanted it to. I mean, like this particular album has a very folky vibe, and it makes sense because like most of my songs start out on guitar, acoustic guitar. Um, I would like to sort of like move away from from having to do that, even though obviously, like I think for the rest of my life, my live shows will be basically be me and a guitar on stage um, with very little else. Um, but no, I, I really like um, trying, to, trying to use different palette arrangements, like different instrumentations uh, on every song. This is something that I really admire about both the Beatles and Animal Collective is just the fact that they, they changed the arrangement, the, the instrumentation that they would sort of approach songs with so consistently throughout their discography that, that I mean, they just have such an enormous range of sounds and ideas. And I find that the, um, the medium through which you write music deeply changes um, the song that comes out at the at the other end of the process. Like if you if you start a song with a guitar line, you're going to you're going to write a completely different type of song than if you start off with just a vocal melody 
or 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 if you start off with just like sort of like opening up a MIDI roll in Ableton and just like you know writing something out on a synth line, just the way you start it, I think deeply um, determines how how the track is going to sort of unfold as you as you're writing it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Like because. <clears throat> It's almost like what color do you start with when you're drawing something, you know, like, sure. you know, that in itself is going to be a, uh, a a portal to possibility, um, possibilities, I should say. A, a big part of my writing process, especially in the studio, is um, as soon as I get sick of something, I erase it and start start over. Sure. That song was actually like one of the fastest songs I ever recorded. Um, I kind of had like I I you know jotted down next to trust for me on my little sheet of paper. I wrote down like frog no swamp noises or something like that. And then it just sort of like came together so quickly. And um, and no, I mean, I mean, of course, I have no idea what it would be like to hear or see any of my artwork like without without knowing it very intimately because the process takes so long and, and by the time you're done with a track or or an animation you've probably you know ex been exposed to it like you know thousands of times even maybe <laughs> and um but no i mean like if if I had gotten sick of Trustwormy before I, bef at any point where I get sick sick of something in a song, I'll change it. And that's, you know, a big, a big part of the process. How did the whole adult swim thing happen? Um, so I had, uh, I had made Themes Without Variations and released it. And, um, you know, I mean, like Adult Swim is such a, wild platform and and maybe it was even more like sort of like chaotic and and unpredictable as a platform a few years ago I know things are changing a lot because of I think the money from like Rick and Morty is sort of changing the because because I do sort of like talk to some people at the network now and I get the feeling like things are changing in a fundamental way over there but um I thought, you know, I mean, like, how do, how do you, how do you, once you make a work of art, how do you get it in front of people? And I just, I didn't really have an idea, but I thought like, I don't know, maybe Adult Swim would put this on. They put on all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, so I took little excerpts of things without 25 minutes of content there. And I just like took, you know, 30 second, 10 to 30 second clips of it that I thought were like a good representation of, of the project and started sending them um, through, through mess Facebook Messenger to the, uh, the, the profile, the Facebook profile of one of, one of the shows that I like on Adult Swim, thinking that like, I don't know if anyone checks, checks this uh this account ever 
but maybe if I just like, you know, start sending them some work eventually, I, I didn't have meant much expectations, but eventually someone did actually get back to me and give me an email and said, just like, Hey, uh, I like your stuff. Um, send, send, you know, next time you have a project being released, send it to me. And that was in like probably 2018. And so I just kept the, the email hoping that it wouldn't sort of like, you know, hoping the person at the, at the other side of it would remember me when, when I finished trust for me. And then I finished it and sent it over within like a week of, of finishing it. And, um, he liked it, liked it enough to, um, try to get it on their adult swim smalls, uh, platform, which, which is a very interesting, uh, project where they just like sort of, um, commission artists to make like little one to five minute uh weird videos I think I think it's um the way it's pitched is they're supposed to it's supposed to be sort of like an incubator for potential shows um but I think they 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 probably like sold Cartoon Network on that or whoever they're getting the money from to like fund that that uh the adults from smalls um project they, i think they probably told them it was going to be an incubator for for shows but they sort of like sneakily just started putting out art that they really liked on it that wasn't has nothing to do with like becoming a show like obviously trust for me uh there's no potential for it to be a, a series at all yeah and so i'm very lucky that they that they um decided to give me a shot on that yeah it's killer so cool super super cool um yeah man well that all said uh know that the project is out um so you said you're kind of a um facilitating a new album uh, i'd mm -hmm. love to hear kind of what what uh you've been working on what your ideas are so um i it took me four years to put out this last project altogether. The both the um the album and the animation for it. And I'm very happy that I took the time to do all that and sort of like get it all together instead of instead of throwing individual stones in the pond and um I would accrue this this like more substantial mass, this boulder that I could throw in and hopefully uh, create a bigger ripple effect um, in terms of distribution. And it, I, it worked, it worked. Um, I'm happy with the release. Obviously it would be much cooler if I could tour because that, that was the whole idea is when I, when I get done with this project, I'll go and tour on it finally and have, have an album that I really feel proud of that I can, that I can give people at the end of a show um, but now, you know, given the situation, I figure, I figured I'd, I'd try to do like a Patreon thing and just, um, see if I can eventually scrape together enough contributors to sort of like spend more time on art, you know? Um, and so the, the new album, the idea is to release the songs just as I finish recording them one at a time and keep on doing that for the rest of 
I mean, for, I don't know. I don't know how long I might be working on this album still 40 years from now, but I wanted to create a separate track so that I can work on big, long, cohesive, conceptual projects like Need Disease and Trust For Me uh, that might be two or three years before they see a release, but also still have a steady, a steady output of, of more like smaller and more piecemeal projects. So with this new album, I'm trying to make every song like a different, but small, like maybe not necessarily small, but for now I'm trying to make like smaller piece, more self-contained songs that are each totally different um, and separate from, from each other, kind of like the White Album. And, uh, and so that's why I think of Strawberry Jam. Yeah, no, no song on that record is like the other. Mm -hmm. And um, the idea is going to be to release each song and then have half of the songs released publicly and half of them released just to Patreon. So when the album is 20 songs long, 10 songs are going to be out on Spotify but then another 10 are going to be exclusive on Patreon. And so like, you know, if people really like the album, then they can get, the, they can get uh, you know, the other 50% of it for like a dollar a month. And just like, it allows me to, you know, amass some, this body of, of material that, um, where I can where I can release things quicker. I mean, I've already actually put four songs out to my Patreons, but I'm still working on track one. Like I already know what the first track of the album is going to be, but I but it's taking me a long time. I was actually working on it before before we started this, and um, every time every time I decide that I really want to make something like like special once once i start being like precious about a track or or an animation i know it's going to take me like months longer than than something else where like you can you can make a good work of art i think pretty quickly if you don't get too precious about it and i, I don't necessarily think that um over overthinking these tracks the way i do sometimes necessarily makes them better but but it is different so, so I'm working on track one. I've already released like four tracks uh, exclusively. And then when I, when I finish this one, hopefully within the next like week or two, then I'm just gonna release that one publicly and, and announce the album. It's gonna be called um, Orugoru's Garden. And Orugoru is the Japanese word for music box. And I clashed it together with the word Oruboros, which is the snake that eats its own tail. Um, and then garden is just sort of um, how I think about how I think about the album and about artwork itself is that a lot of times things emerge organically over time in an unpredictable way. And really what you want, what I how I try to sort of like live my life artistically is to make my life outside of art sort of healthy in some in some fundamental way 
so so that the art that's sort of like sprouting out of my mind uh is is good you know i mean like my the you know my sort of like physical and mental health is a is a huge factor in my sort of like artistic output where if i'm in a really bad place oftentimes that that's an, a huge impediment to actually putting stuff out so it's kind of the idea behind the album should be out soon looking forward to it my friend um yeah i appreciate you coming on the show today to talk about it as Thanks well as talk me. about yeah yeah of course um so uh on our way out i ask everyone the same two things the first question is kyle uh what keeps you up at night inflammation damn <laughs> um the second question is what puts you to sleep i struggle with sleeping um sort of uh i suppose stretching and meditation if i can manage it yeah what, what's been putting me to sleep lately is trying to fit too much into the day and uh, after a while my body just gives up I've fallen asleep editing a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's a hectic time. Spring's a hectic time. So um well, yeah, thanks again for being here, man. Uh really looking forward to your new record. Um really glad we got to finally talk. Um yeah, for everyone watching, I'll be tagging a link to uh, Kyle Kanowski on Bandcamp as well as uh, his website. Go support him on Patreon. Um, looking forward to what he does next. Uh, thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. As always, we'll see you next time.